going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. Man, there's so much for us to talk about. We're going to kick it off. I'm not even going to waste any time. We're going to kick it off right here with Elon Musk getting exactly what he wants. After the back and forth between Elon Musk and Twitter... It seems Elon Musk is going to have the last laugh. Twitter has reportedly decided not to take the poison pill and destroy the company after Elon Musk showed that he can raise over $20 billion because it ain't nothing to a man who is worth over $200 billion, my guys. In a filing with the SEC last week, Elon revealed he had raised $46.5 billion in order to buy Twitter. This was the proof shareholders within Twitter needed in order to go lobby the board of directors and say, hey, sell this company. Is the saga finally over? It would seem that way. What happens next is going to be very entertaining, is going to be very interesting because of some of the things Elon Musk has come out and said that he wants to do with the platform. Is it going to be beneficial for the platform? I don't really know. I don't really know. It might be good. It might not be good. But for everybody who's freaking out like, oh my gosh, billionaires are going to ruin free speech and all this stuff. Let's just be honest. First of all, all news networks are basically owned by billionaires anyway. Let's just go ahead and like just scrub that from your right, your, from your mind. Most uh, newspapers are owned by a man named Rupert Murdoch. The Fox News Network is owned by one person. Um, if you look at, uh, what is it? Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post this is a regular thing. Like, we just need to get over ourselves with that aspect of it. However, on the other side, people who are like, oh my gosh, yes, Elon Musk is going to save us. It's going to save Twitter and allow people to say what they want. Like, really, do you actually want people to be able to say whatever they want? Everyone keeps saying like, oh, Twitter is a public square. Everyone should be able to say what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say what you want, but there are consequences for saying whatever you want. Because in a public square, if somebody runs into a public square screaming, fire, 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 and there's no fire anywhere, you know what happens to that person they get thrown in jail so i'm just saying everybody out here who thinks like oh my gosh elon musk is about to save all the conservative mindset and about to set us free from our limbo of being shadow banned and all this other stuff bs let's just go ahead and call that bs what it is is People don't like your takes. Let's just be honest with it. Because some of these extreme takes, there's no way they're going to allow that on the platform. We've just seen how that's corrupted society over and over and over again. And so at the end of the day, for both sides, both y'all are wrong. On one side, who believes that freedom of speech is about to die? You wrong. For the other side, who believes like Elon Musk is about to be your white horse riding on your savior riding in on a white horse? You also wrong. There's a middle ground. That I believe Elon Musk is about to realize that running Twitter is way different from running your Teslas of the world or running your SpaceX's of the world. People are like, oh, if Elon Musk can run Tesla, he can definitely run SpaceX. I don't believe that. I believe it's a very different set of skills because humans suck. Like humans do not do exactly what you think they should do. He's good at automating a lot of stuff. But human beings, we suck. Let's just be a thousand percent. Human beings suck. And so trying to get human beings is like herding cats. It sucks. It's not a good job. I don't know why he's giving himself this headache, but this is why he is Elon Musk. After the announcement, Tesla shares fell as much as 18% as shareholders are scared that Elon Musk will no longer be focused on Tesla or on SpaceX and will not start focusing on other things like Twitter. My main thing is like, everybody relax. 
This is the beautiful thing about being Elon Musk. You can't have half of him without the other crazy part of him. This is what makes him who he is. This is why he has been successful with Tesla. This is why he has been successful with SpaceX. You can't have one without the other. This is why Elon Musk is Elon Musk. Now, am I saying that he's going to be successful with Twitter? I don't know because he has a lot of work with that dump, dumpster fire known as Twitter. They ain't making any money and he has to figure out how that business can actually make money. He said some stuff about subscriptions and all this other stuff. Is he going to make it happen? I don't know. But you know what? If there's one thing I've learned from Tesla is never count against Elon Musk. The boy, the dude just knows how to make things happen. So you know what? More power to him. Good luck to him. I'm going to sit on the side show and just enjoy it. I just, I would just enjoy the show. I don't have a, I don't have anything in this battle. I didn't buy Twitter shares. I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy this whole thing. And I like the mess that Elon Musk tends to bring. Anyway, moving on from there, let's talk about Monument Amazon. Remember about four years ago when Amazon had basically a beauty pageant for cities to tell the company why they should build their their second headquarters in the city where every city literally was saying to Amazon, you can collect your own taxes. We don't care. Just come to our city. Build your headquarters in our city. Like literally, they were throwing themselves down before the altar of Bezos, just trying to get Amazon in the city. Well, in case you forgot, Arlington, Virginia was the winner of the beauty contest. Amazon recently revealed blueprints for the new HQ and oh my gosh, the building looks amazing. Like if you haven't seen it, I'm going to put a link down in the show notes. Definitely go check out the link down there and read the story. Also, while you're down there, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, follow me everywhere and also share the podcast with anybody that you want to share it with. Put it on your socials. Let this thing grow. Let more people hear this information. But anyway, back on topic. When you see a picture of what this building is going to look like, or just search Amazon HQ2 on Google and look at what this thing is, it is going to be beautiful. A quote from the Washington Post, which, you know, Jeff Bezos owns, and so that's why they got preview to the information. The project will will comprise 2.8 million square feet of office space across three 22-story buildings, a child care facility, 2.75 acres of open space, and retail. At the center will be, and this is the highlight, that the center will be the Helix, a tree-covered office featuring two walkable paths of landscape terrain that will spiral up the outside of the building to simulate a mountain height. It will stand at 350 feet tall. Amazon aims to complete this construction in 2025. Man, you know how Apple has a spaceship or a space saucer that it's built? I mean, first of all, if you haven't seen Apple's headquarters, you definitely go, need to go look at that thing. I wish one day when I go back out to the West Coast, I definitely want to go check out Apple's HQ because that thing is amazing. And Amazon's HQ might outdo that one. Like, it's going to be so amazing. I don't know. These companies have so much money that they can just spend it any way that they want. I love it. I love it. I love architecture. I love when there's beautiful architecture. I'm looking forward to what they actually do. Now, moving on to the biggest part of the day. Earnings, baby. We got big tech earnings, my friends. We got all of them reporting earnings this week. We had Microsoft and Google, which reported earnings on Tuesday. Of course, last week we had Netflix, and that just destroyed the entire market because that stock went down like 35%. It was bad. And then, of course, on Wednesday, today, we had Facebook. Tomorrow, we get Amazon and Apple. 
all reported earnings this week. So it's a heavy, heavy load of weeks for earnings. If you follow me on social media, you've probably noticed that I've been posting on both Instagram, TikTok, and a little bit on Twitter about the earnings. But if you read my newsletter, I will cover Amazon and Apple next week. Something just fell. I'll cover Amazon and Apple next week in the write-up that I release every Monday of the newsletter. It's also called the Rambling Mind newsletter. We just talk all things personal finance. It's just like a follow-up to the podcast. But anyway, the first things that I noticed with the earnings of companies that reported so far with Pepsi and Coke reporting earnings, stable companies continue to rack in that money by increasing prices. Coke reported sales growth of 16% and profit growth of 24%. And you might be saying, whoa, 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 whoa. how are they making all that money? Very simple. They passed increased costs to the customer. And while we are doing, and while they were doing that, they were like, you know what? Let's add a little bit of jara on the top. As we say, if you are anybody, if you are a Nigerian person, you know exactly what jara means. But basically it's just, let's add a little extra on there. Let's just add a little bit of extra on these costs so we can keep making the money. As long as people are willing to continue to accept the price increases, they will continue to raise prices. This is one of the beautiful thing about having brand power because you can increase prices and people will just accept it. However, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. That might be dwindling down as we enter into the second quarter, as we are in the second quarter of this year. Moving on from there, let's talk a little bit about Google, the stocks that you guys actually want to hear about. Google stock fell almost 5% and was down today another 3% immediately after reporting earnings on Tuesday. Revenue and earnings missed analyst expectations, but really it wasn't by that much. Revenue came in at $68 billion and that's with a capital B, like in a quarter, they brought in $68 billion. Everyone expected them to bring in $68.11 billion. Again, that's just $111 million. It's not that much. Damn, a hundred and oh my God, they make so much money. Earnings per share came in at $24 uh, per share versus the expected $25. YouTube revenues were the main culprit in the entire thing. Revenues for YouTube only came in at $6.8 billion and the expectation was for them to do about $7.5 billion. It seems TikTok is stealing viewership away from the platform. However, Sundar Pichai, who is the CEO of of Google said on the earnings call that YouTube's TikTok competitor Shorts now has 30 billion uh, 30 billion views per day, which is double the amount that they had prior to this quarter and four times as many as they had before this year. But either way, the point is people are not having the same attention pan. People are not staying home all day. People are actually doing stuff in the world. And I like it. That's actually a good thing that, you know, it means that the pandemic is being lifted and it's extremely hard. I mean, they still they still did well, but it's extremely hard for them to supersede what they've been doing during the pandemic. Cloud was one of the most brightest shining spots for YouTube. Revenues for cloud, which is Google Cloud, grew 44% year over year. However, they're still not making any money off of their cloud services. They lost $931 million but that is less than the $974 million that they lost last year. The other cool thing is Google has been making some acquisitions to the ire of Microsoft. And as you guys know, Microsoft is my baby, and we're about to talk about Microsoft here. Google just bought Navient. We talked about that earlier, which is a, a cloud digital uh, cybersecurity provider, which is very important because as cloud continues to grow, this is going to be very important for them. Overall, I think this was a great earnings from Google and an overreaction from investors. The company is still growing earnings and revenue at over 20%. Actually, this last quarter, they grew at 23%. And for a business the size of Google to be able to grow at 20%, it just is unbelievable and incredible. 
Disclaimer, I am a Google shareholder and I continue to buy the shares as it falls. So take my words with a grain of salt because I am biased. I am extremely biased towards Google. I will continue to buy this company because I just see so much things. Like even as I was thinking about it, it's like, are we using Google less? No. Am I using YouTube less? No. Am I using any of their services less? No. Gmail is my main account. All of this stuff. I'm just thinking like, Maybe people are not using Google ads as much, but I don't think that's the case either. So I really need to see something else to make me sell out of Google. For the time being, I just think that Google is just posing such a good opportunity, in my opinion. Now, again, the stock could continue to fall and I will continue to buy. I said the other day to somebody else, I said, if this stock falls below $2,000, I will take my savings. Actually, if this stock falls like about $1,900 or below, I will take all of my savings and buy every share of Google that I can possibly afford. Again, take my words with a grain of salt. This is just one man talking. Do not take this as financial advice. This is just me getting hyped up as I see this stock continue to fall. I mean, it fell below 2,500. I got excited. Now it's below 2,400. I'm even more excited. I think as of overnight, it's falling 23 below 2,300. I'm more excited. So I'm just saying, I'm really loving this company. Now, let's talk about Microsoft. Like Google, the company just continues to print money. But unlike Google, the stock actually rallied after reported earnings. It went, it's up as much as 5% after releasing earnings on Tuesday. Microsoft beat earnings and revenue expectations, but only because they actually raised prices last quarter. Revenue came in at $49 billion, which means Google is actually making more money than Microsoft. Shocking. Uh, revenues brought it came in at $49 billion versus an expected uh, $48 billion. Earnings came in at $2.22 per share versus an expected $2.19. So they barely beat. So everybody got super excited about Microsoft and bought into Microsoft. I mean, the stock is still down like over 18% from, from the beginning of this year. Google is down about 22% from the beginning of this year. The biggest story for Microsoft's growth continues to be Azure Cloud services like google it also grew at 46 percent in the quarter but unlike google azure is extremely extremely profitable for microsoft also surprisingly office suite software continues to grow it grew at 17 percent which is extremely shocking however then you look a little bit deeper into the numbers and you realize like linkedin is part of the revenue source for office programming which means linkedin is doing something really good because that's why they combine both of those. So it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to play out. The only disappointment for Microsoft was Xbox and Xbox services, which only grew at 4% in the quarter. Every other line business for Xbox grew above 12% for the quarter, which again, for a business like Microsoft is unbelievably massive. But then again, this is why these companies are worth trillions of dollars. They have so many different lines of businesses that each by themselves will be worth over hundreds of billions of dollars, but they're all under one company. And so because they're all under that one company, they can do so many things and bring money in in so many different ways. Remember, Microsoft is still trying to buy Activision and already closed on its deal to buy Nuance Communications, which is so that Microsoft can double down on healthcare so it can help people like my sister who has to submit notes and so they don't have to stay in the office until 10 o'clock at night because patients suck. But anyway, that's just me. Overall, Microsoft's revenue grew at 17% year over year, which is unbelievable, but it's a little bit less than what they grew at last year, which was 20%. So again, 
the law of large numbers, which if you don't know what the law of large numbers is, is basically like the bigger the number set is, it, ha it can't grow that much anymore. It's a lot easier for you to turn $1,000 into $2,000 than for you to turn $2 million into $4 million. So it's just harder and harder for them to continue to grow. But the fact that these companies are defying the odds for them to keep growing at this 20% rate is just unbelievable. Facebook also reported earnings today, and I don't really care about Facebook, but it seemed, but the one thing that I want to call out for anybody who wants to be an investor, ignore the headlines. The headlines can be very misleading about the actual business. So one of the things is everybody just basically after the last earnings calls, everybody said Facebook was dead, except Today, when they dropped their earnings again, they reported massive growth in, 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 in earnings and also a massive growth in revenue. So, I mean, not massive, but it was like good enough growth. I think it grew about 18% from the last quarter. So I'm just saying like a lot of the times you hear all these headlines and everybody freaks out and they say, oh, the company must be dead. That is not necessarily always the case. I don't really care about Facebook, which is why I'm not really going into the numbers. But after hours, the stock is up almost 19%. So I'm just saying... Sometimes there's an opportunity, like Howard Marks likes to say, trees don't grow to the skies, but they don't go to zero either. Not all trees die either. So you have to know which way to go about it. When a company is falling because of a short-term issue, that may be a time for us to take advantage of it and say, yo, this business is still good. And as much as I don't like Facebook, it's still a business that brings in billions. I think it brought in over $28 billion last quarter. So it's still a business that brings in a lot of money and it has a lot of free cash flow to make sure that it continues to operate moving into the future. And like I said, Amazon and, and Apple will report earnings on Thursday when you guys are listening to this. And I will write about that in the newsletter. So check out the link in the, in the show notes for you to actually get on that. Let's get into the stats of the week. The first one is 19. This is the number of companies that paid less tax, less than 10% in federal income taxes. This is according to Axios, Emily Peck. Companies reduce, and she says this is how they're able to do it. She says companies reduce their tax bill just like many of us by taking deductions. Some popular ones, according to Matthew Gardner, a senior fellow at ITEP, Tax breaks for capital investments. The 2017 tax law increased the amount a company can write off when it spends money on corporate infrastructure or the tangible stuff it needs to conduct its business. I have a bone to pick with that one, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Research and development. This is a big one in the tech sector, Gardner says. Along with capital investment, this is a type of spending that companies would do regardless of tax implication in other to survive. And then the final way they do, they're able to cut down on their tax income is stock options. Companies can write off the market value of stock options that employees exercise. Key thing to note, these businesses are not doing anything wrong. I want to repeat that because every time somebody says, oh, Amazon paid only 1% in tax income, in federal income, or this company, everybody's like, oh my God, that should be illegal. No, 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 no. These businesses are not doing anything illegal. They are playing the game exactly the way the game should be played. It is on us to hold our government officials accountable to make these businesses pay a different kind of tax. I personally think that the United States tax system has problems because I still don't understand how you tax people more for working with the sweat of their brow than you do for capital gains. It doesn't make any sense. Taxable income, in other words, your, your federal hardworking income should not be taxed higher than the income you make from investing in a stock. 
Because at the end of the day, when I go out to my job, I'm doing something for the economy. I work in the energy industry. I am providing power for various people. I'm doing something for the economy. When I buy a stock and make money on the stock, the economy doesn't see any of that. So in my opinion, I don't think they should be taxed at the same rate. Remember when we t- going back to the ways that companies are able to reduce their taxable income, tax breaks for capital investments, where they're allowed to collect more money or do a lot more stuff and be able to call it against their corporate infrastructure. I think like one of the problems that happened in 2017 with a new tax bill, one of the things that happened was they reduced the amount or they put a maximum amount on how much you could actually deduct against things like your home or things of that nature. I think that needs to be wiped away so people can actually get more taxable return. That's just my opinion, but there's just a whole lot of mess in the U.S. tax system because of just the way that our tax system is created. It's all about incentives. And so far, I believe that the incentives have been misguided, in my opinion. The tax system incentives are just misguided to the wrong things. In one way, it's really good because because of the way the tax system is built, a lot of companies take risk on, on investing in new things, trying out new things, which is wonderful. But at the same time, I don't think individuals should be punished of having to pick up that slack. I think at some degree, these companies have to pay something because at the end of the day, if the US system and the US infrastructure wasn't as good as it is, these businesses won't be able to survive. So I think like at some level, they have to pay their fair share of taxes. That's my soliloquy on taxes. The next out of the week, 32%. Remember earlier on, I talked that people were accepting, were seemingly accepting inflation prices and just willing to buy. Well, 32%. This is the increase in people relying on credit cards and loans to meet their monthly spending needs, according to a new survey from Household Pulse. One in 10 adults reportedly is asking friends and family for loans to meet monthly budget needs, a 34% increase from a year ago. The American superpower is beginning to fail. I like to say that the American superpower is people being able to spend money and people in America love to spend that money. But it seems like the ability of people to shrug off inflation and keep spending is quickly coming to an end as all the extra funds that the government provided is running out, which is why we're seeing so many people go back into the workforce. The last few that I got for this week, the extras for this week, one, Mars Solar Eclipse. Perseverance, the WALL-E-styled Mars rover, captured a dramatic and dope solar eclipse. Again, this is another thing you have to go see. You have to see the whole video of this. I'm going to put a link down in the show notes. I just thought it was super cool. Not that it has anything to do with finances. I just really love it. And yeah, so I'm definitely going to share it with everybody because I think everybody needs to go watch this video because it looks super cool just seeing a solar eclipse from the uh, from Mars. It seems Bitcoin is coming to a 401k near you. Fidelity is starting to give the ability for its 401k customers to have Bitcoin within their retirement account. This will be going out to 23,000 businesses that Fidelity supports. Is this a good idea for most people? Probably not. But at the same time, it's like it's a bullish sign for Bitcoin. People want Bitcoin. People want easy access to Bitcoin. And Fidelity as a business will give anybody what it is that they're asking for. A customer wants Bitcoin, Fidelity will find a way to give it to them the way that they want. And so, eh, should most people invest in Bitcoin? Probably not. But if people want to invest in it, you might as well do it in your in your IRA, which forces you to be a long-term investor. That way, you kind of just do it over time and see what happens with Bitcoin. This is a good bullish sign for anybody who's on crypto because this basically means that there's a bunch of money available because remember, crypto doesn't have any intrinsic value whatsoever. It's basically like if people like it, then it will go up. If people don't like it, then it won't go up. 
So as long as people are buying into it and people are buying the hype, for those of us who are already invested in it, you know, we can just enjoy the, 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 the money flow in. As the money flows into crypto, I'll take it. I will make my money off of that thing. But anyway, the last thing I want to ask everybody, a little bit ago, we just talked about inflation. I want to ask y'all, how is inflation affecting the way that you shop? I can say for myself, I just went grocery shopping this last Saturday and it cost me, usually it cost me about $50 for all the fruits that I usually buy. And this time it cost me about $55. Um, and it's easy for me to actually check week to week how much it is because for me, I buy basically the same fruits and the same amount every, every two weeks. So for me, it's just like, oh, okay, this is how much it's costing me now. So I would like to know how much it is actually affecting you. According to Axio, some uh, people are changing the way that they go shopping. Uh, some folks are swapping different types of meat as those prices climb. Others are eating less meat overall and swapping more veggies and grains. The cost of beef is up 20% over the last year and chicken is up 13% according to the latest consumer price index. There was a report of a lady who says that now she buys the hen, which is like the full on chicken and then cuts it herself. And then when they said that, I was like, yo, that's what my mom been doing for years. Like she would buy, we'll go to Walmart or we'll go to wherever, pick up the hen and then we just chop it up at home. And now it seems like more people are starting to do that. So my mom is ahead of her time. She was like, yo, it's cheaper. <laughs> yo, it's cheaper. And I was like, yo, mommy, we got money now. So here, don't stress yourself anymore. Enough of that. This <laughs> But anyway, more broadly, people are just buying smaller packs of meat, said Joanne Driggs, vice president of content at IRI, a consumer data firm. If you watch the meat case, shoppers will rifle through some of these packs until they find the lowest prices. So are you guys buying less? Are you guys buying more? Are you guys changing the way that you go shopping in any single way? Please let me know. Hit me up on Instagram at buykalechiwaba. It's linked down in the in the show notes. Hit me up on Twitter, which is also at buykalechiwaba. And yeah, I would really like to hear um, some of you guys' take as well as to how things are going for you. But Saturday is going to be a massive day for anybody who is a fan of Warren Buffett. It is the shareholders meeting for Berkshire Hathaway and we get to hear and listen to the Oracle of Omaha speak once again. And this time it will be in Omaha, Nebraska. I have a friend who actually is coming all the way from New Zealand to go to Omaha, Nebraska so he can hear Warren Buffett speak. I wish I could have gone, but I had that. I went out to the West Coast, so I didn't have the money to be able to fly out there. Otherwise, your boy would have been in Omaha, Nebraska this weekend. I really hope that maybe next year I can go up there so I don't, um, so Warren Buffett, and I pray that the Lord would just keep Warren Buffett so I can at least see him before he goes, just to see him in one person. And plus, just going up there to meet a bunch of other like-minded individuals will be pretty dope as well but anyway that's all i got for y'all in this episode i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing and if you did share this podcast with one person that you love one person that you hate and one person you're just kind of like eh, about and by that time you to share it with every single person that you know but it's been your boy kalechi i'm gonna catch y'all up on the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and i'm out peace <laughs>